listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 24, where we will be discussing chapter 5 of City of Ashes, Sins of the Father. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. All right. How has everybody's last, what, it's been three weeks since we've recorded, huh? Yeah good how's everyone gouda like the cheese yeah school's out for summer i'm forever so excited forever dude seriously right? oh yeah i um i got a little bit older last week that was stressful happy happy birthday from all of us to you. thank you thank you Here's your just... plate of nachos oh, you probably nachos no, just they sing it at a restaurant. Oh. So I was pretending. I and need I had them. Nachos. You need to go get them. Yes. <laughs> not quite. In case you were wondering what that noise was, Robin was trying to stealthily drink her frappuccino or what is it? Caramelizer free. Yep. Right. I tried to go there. I was. That's what I was saying. I went there today and it was just stressful. Mm-hmm. I am far too old for Dutch Brothers. <laughs> I told the guys that. I was like, I usually go to Starbucks. I have no idea what's going on here. It's, I don't, I'm not prepared to tell you my whole life story. Twice. <laughs> I can't. I'm like, you don't need to know what I'm doing today, you fucking psycho. Are you planning to come to my house and murder me? Like, oh what? my God. Yeah. I couldn't. We both know that you don't care. Exactly. You're just being very nice to distract me while um, I have to wait for my coffee. It's fine. Right. Close the window. I'm good. Right. Couldn't imagine getting paid to do like small talk. That sounds like a horrible job. It's literally my nightmare. I'm pretty sure if if hell's real and I go to hell, it'll be that. <laughs> Working at Dutch Brothers? Yeah. I'm a Dutch Bros barista. I having to pretend like I care about like yeah. the errands that you have to run today. Guess what? I don't. Yeah. I'm sorry. Just tell me what you want to say to me because that's what it is. If you want to talk about your existential crisis, I am your girl. But if you want to talk about the fucking line at Fred Meyer's... Go pound sand. I can't. Yeah. I appreciate you as a human uh-huh. and that you have human struggles. I don't need to hear about everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and he asked me twice. So what are you guys doing today? Because I had my daughter with me. And I'm like, yeah, you know, we got this climbing thing for the baby. And then, you know, whatever. So what did you guys do this weekend? I'm like, dude, nothing. Okay. I'm a mom. We sat at home and we watched TV. Right. It's literally a play. That's we nice, can't though, go right? anywhere. <laughs> Did you get that one? But that's, that's nice though, right? Sometimes you just need that. <laughs> that's what I told him. I was like, you can't even go anywhere. Like, yeah. No, it's he didn't been, say that though. It's been four months. Isn't it nice to just relax and binge watch Netflix? Fuck. No, it's not, buddy. <laughs> Unless you want me to snap and come stab you just for the fun of it because I'm so fucking bored. Yeah. Then I don't just shut the fuck up. Yep. Oh, shitters. At least I'm not alone. I don't know how you go there every day, Robin. Every day she goes there. It's amazing. I can't. Are they your friends? Do they, like, talk to you like they're your friends? I know that the ones in Oregon City used to. Yeah. They used to, like, have your shit ready before you even no, pull you up. you don't have to talk to people because they already have your drink ready. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good That's a good one. <clears throat> well, I thought ordering ahead of time they would have, and they were just, like, blended drinks. I thought it would be, because I know the, because that's what I got was the caramelizer freeze because I know I like it, and that's the only thing I know that they make there. <laughs> And because um, I don't even know if they make regular coffee because that's they what do. I like. <laughs> but anyway, they had to make Cassie's drink. But you would think that mine just comes out of machine. Like, yeah, they put chocolate milk and caramel. 
I don't know. Unpopular it's opinion. It's not that good of a coffee. Yeah, I'm just. I like just coffee. It's just sugar. It's so much <laughs> sugar. Like I'm like, Jesus Christ. Where's my, my stomach hurts? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, can you put like 14 extra shots to com- like combat the sugar ratio you've got going on? <laughs> like, oh. take a sip. I'm like, well, I'm Wilford Brimley now. <laughs> diabetes. I got diabetes. Where are my testing supplies? Oh. Yeah crazy oh so that's a good question so at dutch do they not climb into your uh car window anymore the guy got very close to me i was surprised he's wearing a mask and i forgot that i couldn't touch the pin pad thing Mm -hmm. but he got like he was almost in my window yeah dude it's the weirdest shit and you know what the fucking starbucks at my by my house started doing that shit like he's like so what are you guys and i'm like no no this is not this is starbucks i pay extra for this (laughs) right we made a social contract with starbucks that you would treat me like garbage and get my name wrong and just not talk to me and i will continue to come to you Uh, like don't try to get friendly i don't care you don't care and we just won't talk about it yeah (laughs) see i hate that starbucks is like what's your name like no i'm number 14 you don't need my name. Just give me the damn coffee. They and asked Dutch my name Brothers today. recently started doing the name thing. You don't need to know who I am. I'm a ghost. <laughs> I work for the CIA. Well, but Dutch Bros, like, they act like they know everything about you. Uh-huh. They're like, how is your grandma doing? And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> how did you know? They're just all Madame Dorothea. They've got yes. The- <laughs> They yeah. got the cards. They're like, mm. that's why they have the people outside. They're checking your social media and sending the info in. Right. As you come in. All right. Let's cut the chit chat. And we have got a special announcement from Miss Alanda. Um, Amanda. <laughs> Lizzie. <laughs> Don't even. Okay. Yes. Thank you very much. We have an Apple review. And it says, you know, I realized as I'm reading this, that I wasn't reading the title of the review. Oh. That's important, right? So this is from Episource 412, and they say, great for rereading read-along as the title. And I go. (laughs) (laughs) I decided to reread the series and happened to find this podcast. It's great to hear their discussions since as an adult reading a YA series, I have no one else to talk to the series about series with that's why we made amanda do this podcast with us yeah he's gonna relive the feels right (laughs) uh they do give a huge spoiler in episode 16 i wish the episodes came out faster so i can just keep reading oops whoops i don't remember what i don't know i think it was before what we knew that we spoiled Uh so like sorry i I, will do better i know well and that's the thing is i am I told Robin that after I read this, I was like, ah, I'm not going to read ahead this time, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to make sure. And then I accidentally did. So, sorry, guys. Accidentally. Hopefully. She got all excited. Yeah. I couldn't <laughs> stop. I'm soaking it all in. It's, like, the best problem to have. Yeah. Well, I finally had time. It's tough for me to find the time to read, so. Right. Yeah. Anyway, thank you very, very much for your review. Yes. We apologize. We will do better next time. Right. And thank you very much for calling us out. We need that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. We've gotten, what, like four reviews it's now? Very I'm exciting. so excited. Yeah. <laughs> now I can write my own finally and smash it in there with the other ones. <laughs> all right. So we've said all of that to say this. Let's kick things off with Robin's recap. Previously on Downworld or Dish. 
The League of Discarded Shadowhunters assemble on enemy lines and infiltrate the Institute, breaking up a holodeck meeting between Maris and Raphael, our dear old vampire clan assistant to the regional manager. <laughs> Luke sasses Maris into admitting her plan to cast away Jace so he won't be around when the Inquisitor arrives to launch a clave-style investigation. Her plan goes awry. A few hours later. Simon breaks mealtime decorum by inhaling all the pizza, and Luke gives Clary her mother's old stelle. Luke invites Maya over to organize a playdate with Clary, and Simon haphazardly announces their Facebook relationship status. At the Institute, Jace wakes up from a nightmare and is summoned to meet the Inquisitor by a worried Alec. Imogen, said Inquisitor, lives up to her name, tearing Jace down piece by piece, and in a Judge Dredd-style turn of events, sentences, prosecutes, and convicts, sending him to the cells of the Silent City for backtalk. So this chapter begins in Jace's point of view down in the pitch black cells of the Silent City. Jace refers to a contingent of Silent Brothers who led him down into the medieval dungeons beneath the Silent City. But the whole thing reeks of a certain creepy ass Silent Brother. I mean, they totally did our boy dirty, marching our poor little damaged hero into a stone cell with electrum bars, cuffing him to a bar along one wall and didn't even give him a nightlight. 100% something bro J would do. So rude. So I would be losing it if I was locked in a cell completely devoid of light of any kind. And even though I knew it was just for a night, like I would still be losing my, I would be full blown panic attack. What about you guys? Yes. 100%. I run up the stairs after I turn the lights off at night. (laughs) My stairs have lights going up them. (laughs) Thank goodness. So you could like click it as you go. No, they're actually installed into the walls. It's really like cool. Floodlights. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, they're really neat. But yeah, I agree. I used to do that at the old house. So, so you can see the hand before it grabs your ankle. So it doesn't freaking grab me because I'm fast. <laughs> right. Like lightning. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine how that would feel to be in a dark cell, locked in a cell. Yeah, no. And handcuffed. No, thanks. Full blown panic attack. To the wall, right? He's also handcuffed yeah. to the wall. Yeah. Right. <laughs> No, thanks. That seems like a little excessive, It guys. really does. Right? Like overkill. Yeah. So Jace said something in his internal monologuing that gave me a bit of pause. He says that the Silent Brothers ushered him inside as if... <clears throat> ushered him inside as if he were a common criminal. Then again, that's probably exactly what they thought he was. It's just another reminder that the clave isn't the most just governing system and that there's a there's not a lot of onus on the people of power... Um, to prove wrongdoing or lawbreaking or or what have you. And there's like this distinct lack of checks and balances within the governing body, um, but also individual rights for citizens of the Shadowhunter Society like don't seem to really be a thing. Like it's kind of just like you've got the Inquisitor and you've got the Consul and they basically just can do whatever they the fuck they want. And like they cannot, they can just be like, oh, you're talking back? Okay, well, you'll just go. There's no, like, that's ridiculous. You shouldn't do that. Like, there's no, like, protections for the shadow hunters. Do you think that um, they know why he's there, even? No, I think that's the point. I mm-hmm. think I think they don't question it. Right. She's just like, he needs to go in the cells. And they're like, okay. Like, and that's what I mean about, like, there's no checks and balances. So, like, she doesn't have to tell the Silent Brothers what he did. And they just treat him as if he's... A common criminal. Yeah if, yeah, if he murdered somebody or something. Like, it's just no big deal. Which is weird, because to me, it feels like the Silent Brothers can obviously unwittingly, mm-hmm. like, read your thoughts. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Like, what? I want to know. Like, I would be nosy. I would be like, okay, what's, what's going on in there? Right? Well, especially because you have nothing to entertain you ever. Right. That's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> you can't see. You can't talk. Like, your hot goss has got to be, like, from, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You're just creepy walking down the street, like, bebopping, but you're really just listening to people's thoughts. Yep. <laughs> what women want. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So... Jace is starting to spiral into an uncharacteristic panic when he hears a terrifying noise. Uh, when he hears a terrifying noise split the air, and can we just appreciate for a moment how boss Jace acts in this situation? Like I would have abruptly and aggressively shat myself <laughs> if I were in his shoes. <laughs> and like he's freaking out, but like he's like, "Okay, calm down. Everything's fine. We're gonna figure it out." Like like he's like talking himself down. And I'm like, no, I would be literally a puddle of diarrhea. <laughs> I just imagine it, the way you described it, I just imagine it dripping into your shoes for some reason. It's like that scene in Bridesmaids where she's like in the middle of the road and she's like, it's happening. It's happening. <laughs> yeah. It's happening. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So more screams and crashes from above hang in the air and Jace is hearing these horrifying sounds without being able to see what's going on. Cause it's still pitch black. He can't see Ugh. in front of him. Oh no, I don't No Thanks. <laughs> so of course he's conjuring up the worst possible scenarios in his mind's eye. And then like, he like has to forcibly tell himself like, stop doing that. Like you've got, you've got to be in the present. This training kicks in. What? I just terrifying. That's all. Right. So when Jace is trying not to have a full-blown panic attack, a light appears. I'm going to read the excerpt from the book. Brother Jeremiah staggered into view, his right hand clutching a still-burning torch, his parchment hood fallen back to reveal a face torqued into a grotesque expression of terror. His previously sewn-shut mouth gaped open in a soundless scream, the gory threads of torn stitches dangling from his shredded lips. Blood, black in the torchlight, spattered his light robes. He took a few staggering steps forward, his hand outstretched. His <clears throat> he took a few staggering steps forward, his hands outstretched, and then, as Jace watched in utter disbelief, Jeremiah pitched forward and fell headlong onto the floor. Jace heard the shatter of bones as the archivist's body struck the ground, and the torch sputtered, rolling out of Jeremiah's hand and toward the shallow stone gutter cut into the floor just outside the barred cell door. The next section is a little bit further down. The silent brothers never opened their mouths, never spoke or laughed or screamed. But that had been the sound Jace had heard. He was sure of it now. The screams of men who hadn't cried out in half a century. The sound of a terror more profound and powerful than the ancient rune of silence. Whoa. Like, intense. So why do you think Brojay came down to the cells? Do you think there were other prisoners down there? So, like, I have my opinion, but... Okay. First of all, you left out the part where the only thing left are, like, these nubby black teeth Uh-oh. in his mouth. <laughs> and that is haunting me. <laughs> Still. His, his like, rough, like, uh, ground down black chip. Yeah, Chit- is like it deep. because he doesn't open his mouth? Well, so. There's c- mm-hmm. cavities and just rotten yeah. and just... So do you think he plays with them with his tongue? Yes, I absolutely do. <laughs> <laughs> so 
gross. It's disgusting. Okay, number one. And that's the stuff made out of nightmares. <laughs> and number two, I don't think so. I think that Jace was down there, and I think mm-hmm. he came to let Jace out. Okay, I do too. That's It was seems my to me, it almost sounds like Jace is alone down there. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, I think so too. I think, or at least go down to try to let him out. Who knows if he could. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I, yeah. Um, my other thing is, um, it says his light robes, and for some reason I imagine them as, like, burnt sienna color. So, now I want to know what color they actually they're, were. They're, like, they're parchment colored, so they're, like, oh, like a beige. That's creepier. Like, than yeah, sepia. Color. I don't know. Yeah. I always imagine them in, like, gray, kind of monkish uh-huh. robes. Mm-hmm. Like, just, yeah. like, kind of this muddled color. Because they don't care what they look like, obviously. Right. As long as it's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta be creepy. Going with the aesthetic here, as you would say. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, Jace strains to reach the quickly dwindling torch, snapping the bones in his cuffed wrist in desperation. Ouch. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know that I could physically cause myself that kind of pain. I was like, thinking that as I read it. Being able to, like, just do it. But, you know, he's a badass. So armed with a torch and a broken wrist, Jace searches for the source of a slithering sound, but comes up empty. In a complete state of terror, Jace watches helplessly as a giant demon blob lunges for him. And scene. Thanks, Cassie. (laughs) Like, like really? You're just going to cut it right there? All right. So meanwhile, Clary is playing a lukewarm game of tonsil hockey with Simon. The way she just (laughs) tried... I'm getting. I'm stop. Going. No, I'm going. We need to appreciate that. Wait, that is amazing. What do you mean? Verbiage. That was just oh. wonderfully written. That's how golf clap. It's disgusting. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'd like to thank the academy. Yeah. Shadowhunter Academy. No, the Academy of Whores. <laughs> I mean, it's gross, but that was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> So the way she describes their makeout session is painfully milk toast. Like it's so bad. I am more into this part of my section than I am into the whole like murder and mayhem in the J section. So mad at her. Anyway. So I'm I'm gonna quote the book. She says, kissing Simon was pleasant. It was a gentle sort of pleasant, like lying on a hammock on a summer day with a book and a glass of lemonade. Oh, my God. (laughs) That sounds... Boring. So boring. (laughs) I mean, like, that sounds great being 30 now, but not, like, 16. You you need to have some of that, like... Passion? Passion. And then it can kind of turn into, like... You're like... You'll do. Yeah. It, it's it's like you're like, you're a divorcee at like 68 and you're like, I'm just looking for a companion. Uh-huh. Someone to go on a hike with and right. uh, sit on the porch and drink sweet tea with. Yeah. Well, <laughs> on a hammock with a book and a glass of lemonade. Yeah. That sounds like a good time to me now. It does. Me too. I, but you, you, you lay your foundation of your, I mean, anyway, for me, you know, the passion, the fire, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it needs to evolve as your life evolves. And as your life evolves together, and you don't start with that usually. No. (laughs) I feel like it's a red flag. Yeah. (laughs) A little bit. So Clary and Simon are fully making out. He, like, he's on top of her, and they're doing this thing, and she asks him if it's weird for him since, like, 12 hours ago they were best friends, and now suddenly they're in a fucking relationship. 
Okay, are they in a fucking relationship or just a fucking relationship? <laughs> At the moment, just a fucking relationship. Okay. <laughs> Take off the G. Yeah. Good day. <laughs> then, out of nowhere, Clary kind of jokingly throws out there that he wants to have sex. And Simon's just like, well, yeah. What in the actual fuck? What is going on with her? I don't... I'm... Mm. Okay. So we need to pause here for a second. I was under the impression that her brother lover kiss with Jace in the greenhouse was her first quote unquote real kiss. Yeah. Right. And so as far as we know, she didn't have friends besides Simon, let alone a boyfriend. So now she's totally comfortable making out and joking about sex and like, what? At the beginning of City of Bones, i.e. two weeks ago, she couldn't even admit that she thought a boy was cute at pandemonium. Yeah. Right. Like without being like, oh my God, I'm like hitting him. So I feel like, so I feel like we're making a pretty significant jump between her third kiss ever. Cause I'm counting the greenhouse as one and then hit Jace kissing her. And when he dropped her off at her bedroom as two. So that morning in Simon's kiss was, or in, in Simon's kiss in Simon's kitchen was her third kiss ever, ever. And now they're rolling around in bed, dry humping or, and now she's rolling around in bed dry hopping her best friend and they just decided that they were in a relationship without her consent, you know, because he just said so. And she was like, I'll go along with it. It's very, okay. I have no gumption is the word I'm thinking mm-hmm. of, but personally. So let me just sit in my judgment seat here. Mm-hmm. Yes, we okay. are judges. So... It seems kind of like she doesn't know what she wants. Obviously, Clary's mm-hmm. indecisive. Okay, he obviously crossed a line when he was saying, oh, we're boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. But she's very much not putting the brakes on it. Right. So it's kind of like... In our opinion, he's crossed a line. But, like, she has not indicated that that's necessarily... She's like, oh... Okay. Yeah, okay. When it, I don't think like, he was very like okay. Obviously, it's cr- it's cringy to me. Okay, it's him so saying cringy. that. Yeah, someone to watch my girlfriend. That was cringy. Blech. But it wasn't like he's like you're mine now and you're my girlfriend. And, and no. it just seemed like he was always like okay, I'm gonna throw this word out there and see and gauge the reaction. Right. So and we don't have to have an actual conversation exactly. like mature people. And if it's a negative reaction, I'll just be like, haha, just kidding. You suck. And then move on. But it's like she's not able to be like, nah, it's too soon. This isn't what I want. Right. I kind of get the feeling she's throwing herself into it to try to get over Jace. I think so, too. And and I think that she doesn't like she doesn't know what she wants. So she's just like going with the flow until she has any sort of strong feelings. And at this point, like she hasn't had any because she's so still in love with her brother. Right. Brother lover. (laughs) Well, and for me, honestly, again, you might, I said, cut it. Okay. We all, I am seeing Simon in a different light than I did when I first read the book Mm -hmm. statement. Secondly, she knows how strongly his feelings are for her. Mm -hmm. So it seems very shitty of her. If it is a rebound to just kind of, to kind of go with it and like play along and not be very assertive because he's obviously way more invested in not only their friendship, but this, you know, I'm air quoting here. You can't see me, but uh-huh. I am relationship. Right. So it's like if you're not into it, you just really need to tell him to stop. 
Yeah. Or that like this isn't what I'm interested in because he's really going to get hurt. And if she's not into it, she just needs to be very clear. So there's a couple of things that I'm in. I am in no way defending Clary because I feel like she needs to get herself a backbone and some agency and make some decisions for herself. However, before Jace came into the picture, she had never felt anything like she'd never been attracted to another person person like she she'd never really had those feelings about other people and like Simon would be like oh I need a girlfriend whatever like that's why he had the band and everything and she's just kind of like I I just don't really get it and then Jace came in she was like whoa I have this like really intense connection with this guy I'm very attracted to him and then she finds out it's a her brother And (laughs) and she was like whoa fuck okay And Simon, at the same time, Simon's interested in her. And I think she's just trying, one, she doesn't want to break Simon's heart. Right. And she's like, well, maybe I'll get to that point with him. I think she's just so immature in terms of her feelings that she's like in her head, she's trying to like reason like, oh, well, we'll we'll get there. Like, this is nice. This is fine. Kissing him is fine. It's, it's comfortable. It's not creeping me out. Like, maybe this is normal. Like, maybe what I had with Jace was the one-off. And maybe this is what it's like normally. Yeah. So before they, before they can further their sex talk, Clary <laughs> announces that she can't take making out seriously with her socks on and goes to change into her PJs. Okay, what? Yeah. You've never made out before. What do you mean you can't? Your socks were on every time you've ever kissed someone before, (laughs) as far as we can tell. I don't know. Socks are warm and cozy, and that's how you're feeling right now. So what? (laughs) I I think she's just trying to make a break for it. She needs a break. She's the one talking about sex, which is weird. So I agree. Maybe she's just, you know, like, she feels bad for Simon. She's... So, yes, she feels bad for Simon and is kind of because like you said, like she needs to stop it now, but to not break his heart. But last time she told him how she felt, he took off like he's just mad at her for days. So I don't know. But to be the one to bring up sex is weird. Right. I'm like, if you're just kind of like testing the waters, then test the waters. You don't need to dive in. Right. (laughs) Just dip your toe. Jesus. Just the tip. That's what Simon said. Um, (laughs) So Clary compares kissing Simon to kissing Jace when she's alone, like getting changed in the bathroom. And wow, is there a difference? Yeah. So I'm going to read you the difference. (laughs) So this is how she describes kissing Simon. It was nice, she told herself. Safe and pleasant and comfortable. And this is how she... (laughs) describes kissing jace it had been like opening up a vein of something unknown inside her body something hotter and sweeter and bitterer than blood whoa okay like i feel like (laughs) there's a distinction (laughs) and why does she not recognize that as she's doing this comparison i guess because it's her brother and i mean she kind of like forces herself to stop she's like okay none of that don't do that bad Bad Clary. That's your brother. God, I can't even imagine kissing my brother. And then just being like, that was the best kiss ever. Like, oh God. Could you imagine every kiss in your life has to live up to the passion you had with your brother? How fucked up is that? I can't even 
So Clary um, forgot a pajama top and she figured, you know, we can talk about sex, but like Simon's not prepared for topless sleeping arrangements because they're sleeping in the same bed. Mind you, their entire relationship has changed. They still plan on sleeping in the same bed and she's going full gung ho. So I don't No socks. Like no judgment. I just feel like she's not mature enough. She's not actually ready. Right. If this was Izzy, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Do you. But Clary is not emotionally mature enough, and she doesn't know what she wants. And so I'm just like, girl, you're making mistakes. Yep. Anyway, so she goes back into her room, and Simon's already passed out on the bed. And her phone beeps with an incoming text from Izzy. We don't get to see what the message says, but it's nothing difficult to guess Oh, but it's not difficult to guess what has Clary rushing to grab her coat and once again failing to consider Simon's entire existence. That's all I can think. Right? She's just like, well, he's sleeping. He'll be she fine. She leaves him at Luke's Fuck. to sleep. Bye, Felicia. Anyway, sorry. Okay, so. Jonathan. <laughs> it's perfect. Awesome. I hope I'm channeling my inner V-Tang. All right. Um, So we all know who that is, obviously, but for some reason, Jace pretends or is trying to convince himself that he doesn't know who's calling him Jonathan and that he doesn't recognize the voice. The only person on the fucking planet that calls him Jonathan. Is that the Inquisitor? Dude. The only dude. She's a bitch. Yeah. Anyway, um, he's asking, is is someone there? And he's terrified because I would be too. Mm -hmm. And um, Valentine, armed with a witch light, lights up the dark room. Jace could could see Bro J's body. Like I said, I think Kristen covered this. My bad. And tons of blood everywhere, new and old. He also noticed V-Tang was completely armored in Shadowhunter gear. Shadowhunter. Geared up in Shadowhunter armor. Yeah, there we go. That's what it is. (laughs) And he asks Valentine um, what that thing was that he had seen without... Oops. Sorry. Apologize yourself. yourself. Without acknowledging the question, Valentine asked if Jace was hurt and demanded to know who ordered him to be locked up. V-Tang is soups pissed that the Lightwoods would have allowed the Inquisitor to send Jace (laughs) down there. He tells Jace that uh, he killed all of the Silent Brothers to gain access to... Melitark? I never have... as close as I could come. Okay. Melitark. There's no other... Malartark. Malartark. Okay. Okay. The sword talk. <laughs> Maller talk. Muller talk. Did they not talk about it in the show? Or anything? I think they call it the soul sword. Okay. I don't know if they say the name. Because um, he reference he calls it by name again later. It's close to what they do in the audiobook. Okay. I, I haven't sat down to study it, but it, it's like Maller talk. Talk or I forgot something about the like audiobook. That. That's a good okay. reference. I, I see the R. I was hearing you pronouncing the R after the T, but you weren't. Oh, it was the first time. Okay. okay. <laughs> For sure. Like... I just added. Okay, so now this is too confusing, and we don't want to say soul sword a million times. Mm-hmm. So we need to give this sword a nickname. Mally. Well, it's the mortal sword. Don't take this away from me. We got no. V-Tang. Okay. <laughs> What are you, what the fuck are you gonna call it? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maylon, May, 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 Maytag, 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 the Maytag. So, so okay, I great. like it. All right, all right. So, um, you could say an MTAC, MTAC, yeah. <laughs> MTAC, like on NCIS. 
<laughs> she was trying to replicate V-Tang. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so this uh, anyway it's the silent brother's sword <laughs> v-tang v- defends himself by saying that it never belonged to the silent brothers and that it belonged to nephilim because um, the silent brothers aren't nephilim okay buddy yeah um it's the it's the sword that the angel used to drive adam and eve out of the garden i just like how all <laughs> of us were like <laughs> they are two shadow hunters and we all threw our hands up it's because we all fucking Our hate bingo Valentine. wings were like creating a vortex in here. <laughs> Dude, when you, when you said that last line, um, that like the angel used to drive Adam and Eve out of the garden, the only thing I can think of is Good Omens and Aziraphale going, I think I think I might have done the wrong thing. <laughs> I haven't got to watch that yet. <gasps> no idea what you're talking about. Oh my about. God, it's so good. My homeboy's in it. What is it? David Tennant and Michael Sheen are literally goals. I love them. I could, they've been doing like a web series, like through like Zoom, basically. Mm -hmm. I've seen clips of it. It's beautiful. They're the most incredible humans together when it comes to chemistry. Are you taking away from our tripleness here? Yeah. I think we are the most incredible. Okay. They're the most incredible they're men. The, they're the downward or dish equivalent <laughs> of actors. Right. Is what I think you meant to say. Perfection. All right. So it makes sense completely. I mean, Valentine should have everything that belongs to the Shadowhunters. He is the main man. Duh. <laughs> Duh. So Jace asks what he plans to do with the sword. And V-Tang tell, is like, can I trust fall? No. <laughs> That's not what I wanted to say. <laughs> Jace asks what he plans to do with the sword, and V-Ting is like, can I get a trust fall? And Jace is like, wait, trust you? No way! You tried to kill my baby sis! V-Ting tries to say you would never have hurt him nor Clary. Bullshit. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> Jace says that his daddy has only ever tried to hurt him, and the only people that have tried to protect him are the Lightwoods. And V-Ting reminds him that the Lightwoods are the ones that allowed him to be locked up. Yeah allowed in quotation mark what the fuck are they supposed to do right. this woman banished them like they're gonna be able to protect jace they right. can't even protect themselves anyway he tells uh, jace that he's proud of him um that even though they've treated him so poorly that he still remains stoic gag right try to compliment him to get him on your side i see your i see you so V-Tang then explains that he knows that he made mistakes at Renwick's because he was treating Jace like a child, but he sees now that he is grown. <laughs> he tells Jace that he um, that he only knows half facts about the past, and Jace encourages him to tell him all of his secrets by which light, like they're by a candlelit fire. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> but V-Tang needs his pinky promise, and Jace doesn't want to give it. So before Jace can get more out of this creepy guy, they hear a noise coming, and V-Ting's like, Audi 5000. <laughs> he tells Jace that uh, when Jace is ready to find him, he will. And I guess there's some code there that maybe he will be able to figure out where he's at. I don't know. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Bye. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> so we jump into Clary's point of view, and she's pacing back and forth on the subway, too anxious to sit down. Isabel sent her a text message detailing news that thrust her into the night, but now she won't answer her phone calls. We can tell that the message had something to do with her brother lover, as the image of him at the hunter's moon is playing through Clary's mind. 
A moment of uncertainty washes over her. And as she reaches the Institute, um, does she pull the bell or walk in like she owns the place? If she were going to Amanda, she'd just walk in. Yep. I love that she has this moment claiming her birthright, but it's anticlimactic as the door is unlocked. <laughs> right, like she right, goes, right. she's like trying to remember what Jay said to be let in the other way. And then the door's just unlocked. <laughs> Following standard protocol, church guides Clary to her destination, Isabel's room. The elder Lightwood siblings are gathered inside and are surprised slash shocked to see Clary. Which I don't see how, like, her track record definitely screams, I act on impulse. Mm-hmm. Well, what is Isabel doing? Why isn't she checking her text messages? She's just or answering. too busy. Um, we finally confirm that the Isabel's text to Clary was about Jace's sentence to a night in the cells of the Silent City. Although it reads, Vagger. <laughs> and said, the Inquisitor threw Jace in jail. <laughs> <laughs> And but why would that warrant her coming there? Like, I'm totally on Isabel's side. That didn't mean you need to get up and just run here. Okay. I totally understand Clary's impulse to be at the beehive of information. Luke is exhausted and sleeping, and Simon isn't going to be super empathetic to her feelings towards what happened to Jace. Um, and at least with Alec and Izzy, um, they can both, like, all kind of be concerned over Jace's safety together. And she can feel like she's a part of something. So... It reminds me of when my grandma was in the ICU for two weeks in a coma and I went to the hospital every day just to sit in the waiting room and I couldn't Mm -hmm. really do anything and I couldn't really go back because I had my Uh daughter with me at the time, but I just felt like at least I was doing something being there, Mm -hmm. which obviously these are kind of like two ends of the spectrum, but it's, you know, there's a crisis and you're right helpless but that's what it reminded me of yeah you because you want to you want to be available in case there is something you can do right to be helpful because it's like okay well there isn't anything now but that doesn't mean that there might not be so i just would rather be here and around in order to like be prepared right like scar always says (laughs) be prepared (laughs) boy scout Two kinds of people. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Amanda still, she's like, how many Lion King references are we going to go through here? But now she gets it. Mm-hmm. As everything is the minions. Okay. Exasperated. Isabel invites Clary in. She's like, fine. And we read between the barely visible lines that Alec is not super into the fact that um, his sister texts Clary the news about Jace. And the Lightwood seem very less concerned about Jace's situation, explaining that he's basically in a holding cell. So it's not technically jail. And it's cool because tonight is vacant of murderers and rogue downworlders. They asked. And Claire, of course, wants to know what warranted his overnight at Camp Creepy. And Alec tells her he mouthed off to the Inquisitor. And Clary, as the majority of us are, is shocked and angry, thinking out loud that that bitch must be insane. <laughs> Except she didn't say that. Um, to her surprise, um, Alex starts basically defending Imogen, saying that Jace should have known his place and offers the analogy that if Jace is a private, the Inquisitor is a lieutenant general. And Clary's like, yeah, 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 but Jace isn't a soldier. And Alec makes it clear that, yeah, he is. In fact, they all are. Mm-hmm. And to me, like this kind of, not kind of, this conversation really 
clarifies and kind of drives home the difference in lifestyle that the shadow hunters are mandated to abide by. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking how cool it would be to live in that world and have all these like cool, special, like awesome secret skills Mm -hmm. that they can do. And, um, not that there's not a part of me who still doesn't think that's totally badass. Mm -hmm. Um, the larger part of me can't imagine having to accept that my children are basically fodder in a holy war. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, I agree. It's a harsh punishment, but I agree with Alec. Like he should have known better. Right. Like, like he, he knew that like, this is an important person. I should probably keep my fucking mouth shut and not be a prick. Mm -hmm. And he does it on purpose. Well, and and he gets, he you know, he gets his rocks off on it. He yeah. likes being an asshole and pissing people off. And the difference is, if he were in the mundane world, that punishment would be completely unacceptable. Right. A hundred percent. Sort of. Not if he was in the military. I just, like. He'd get thrown in the brig. You're whatever. talking about just, like, a general citizen would right, not. Exactly. Right, exactly. But when you put in the, either the military aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Or you put into, like, a sh- the shadow hunter aspect of it. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, he probably should have known better, but it's Jace, and this is, you know, like, you're saying it's just what Jace likes to do. Yeah. So, but I don't think Clary's really thinking about it that way until this point. Um, even the military kind of, like, she comparison. She doesn't get it. Like, she hasn't taken the time. It's been two weeks. Right. She hasn't taken the time to really understand their world and their culture. Yeah. Because their culture, I I know it seems like they're just running parallel to the mundane world, but really their culture is very, very different. And it takes a lot, like it doesn't get spelled out. Cassandra Clare doesn't spell it out for you. Like you have to figure it out as Mm -hmm. time goes on and kind of start to understand the way that they think and their mentality and how that they approach things. And as the series goes on and we learn more and more about like the governing body of, you know, the clave in in and of itself and like the things that they have in place and the rules that they have and all of this stuff, you start to, it, it starts to paint a picture of their ideology and it's, it's just an interesting, it's like being immersed in another culture. Well, it's, it's kind very of like you're finding it out as Clary's finding it mm-hmm. out. Okay, yeah. It's just sense. not super explicit. You Which have to is, kind of read between the lines. I mean, I don't know if I'd want another book of all explaining stuff. Right. So, yeah, no, that's good. It's kind of like drip, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's dripped in. Right. I don't want another dictionary, okay? Right. Not another, but... <laughs> So, um, Clary wants to know if they agree with the Inquisitor. Like, oh, sorry. Clary wants to know if they agree with the Inquisitor, then why the heck did they get her involved? Like, why are you texting me if you agree with her? And Isabel makes it very clear that they don't actually agree with the jail part, but are sympathetic to the fact that he shouldn't have mouthed off. Like, of course we're upset he's in jail. you're just making it worse for yourself, dude. Right. Getting to the root of things. They want Clary to help convince Jace to cooperate peacefully and respectfully. And Clary verbally casts her doubts, but her internal mon- uh, monologue remembers the night that Jay- Jace, <laughs> I suppose a Jay, <laughs> Jace confided that he never felt like he belonged anywhere, but she made him feel like he did. Mm-hmm. And Alec wants her to pinky promise that she will sway Jace to their side, but she doesn't blindly agree, saying that she needs to hear all sides. And way to go, Clary. <laughs> oh, she now has a backbone. Right. Their argument is halted by Max, who is the youngest Lightwood, and he brings news that there were noises coming from the library, and he thinks that it's someone trying to contact 
the Institute. Um, and here we find out that the adults were called out to investigate the murder for, of a fae girl. So yet again, our assemblage of underage shadow hunters are left to Scooby-Doo. And um, they leave Clary with Max, and they take this time to bond over Mang- Manga. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because she kind of doesn't know what to say. Um, a quick moment later, their thoughts are confirmed. Uh, it's the sh- silent brothers. I almost said shadow brothers. <laughs> <laughs> well, they kind of are shadowy. Right? <laughs> it's the silent brothers. Something must be going down, because as far as they know, they have never reached out for help before. And of course, they all decide to pack up the mystery machine and check it out. Not before the inve- inevitable Alec Clary discourse about if she should be allowed to go happens. Since, you know, she cowered in fear the last time they went to face a demon. And she's more of a liability than an asset. But Isabel tips the scales agreeing with Clary's argument that she's the only one that's actually been there. And she knows how to get in. Besides, she could do with some on-the-job training. And the chapter ends with Clary getting some new marks. I've read that Finally. as masks. <laughs> she did. <laughs> Zorro. I do like that we get, I mean, it's not important to the plot. So like, we don't need to like hash it out and like detail it. But I like that we get um, some time with Max to kind of like, yeah. oh, we've heard his name, but he hasn't been a, like a fleshed out character. Uh-huh. So it's interesting to give him a little bit of depth and um, kind of see how much he clearly idolizes his older siblings yeah mm-hmm. like they're the coolest to him which is just so sweet it yeah. is it's i love it crazy to have marked marked him Jeez, always i'm trying to read at the same time for some reason that they just left him they like locked him in the room mm-hmm. oh wait yeah do they mm-hmm. okay. with with clary at i wasn't point. Yeah. sure no they um they when they leave they lock oh, yeah, him in there. i wasn't yeah, yeah. sure if that's how it ended or if that's the next beginning of the next chapter um what if they, I mean, obviously they're not thinking like that, but what if they died? What if there's a fire? Yeah. What if something happens and he can't get out? Like it just, the mom and me is screaming, stop. Someone stay with him. Right. <laughs> I wonder if it's one of those things, like it'll wear off. I don't know. Oh, okay. Like the um, rat poison, whatever, the drink. The drink. The drink. Church is watching out for him. It's fine. Okay. He'll Church is in charge, obviously. Right. Because she's like, Max, there's some power bars in the nightstand drawer if you get hungry. <laughs> That's right. All right. So I think I'm excited all. about Clary getting marks. I know she wanted them. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. She's getting like really into things. Yeah. She's, she's going, I was going to say whole hog. Say balls to the wall. <laughs> I was just thinking all in, but oh whatever. Well, and I think it's cool that Izzy's doing it for her for the first time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like real first time. I Bonding. Guess. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Full show. Okay. Make sure that you've read chapter six, City of Ashes, and chapter seven, The Mortal Sword, for next week's episode. Very good. For our behind the scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Downworlder Dish Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.